Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's a Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number, episode 111. What are we going with, Kevin? Uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph, yeah. Uh, today, we once again have the pleasure to discuss yet more misery as we slumped to seven losses in eight and continue to plummet down the table. With me, as always, we have the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton, and joining us a little bit later, we have Tim Bizantz to help us prepare for Monday night's game at Everton and next Saturday's game at Sheffield United. So then, Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Kev, another shocking result. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm oozing with positivity, Ray. <laughs> We're supposed to be positive. That's that's what it is now. You've got yeah. to be positive no matter what. Yeah, positive is always good, unless you're taking a COVID test, I guess. But um, <laughs> this is a difficult one. It was getting into that, where we started. It's, it's bringing it all back to where it began under uh, Mark Hughes. 
Oh, <laughs> having to discuss uh, loss after loss. This time, uh, we've had a whole week ruined. We've had four days to prepare for this. And, uh, yeah, I can't say that I've been looking forward to it that much, if I'm honest. It's a tough one. Yeah, they all seem to be pretty tough lately, don't they? And it's just it's not getting any any easier. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll go into like the injury crisis in, in, in a bit. But um, today, right, mm-hmm. I, I passed an AA driver on the way to work this morning. Okay. Yeah, he was he was looking really really down and just like really he was crying his eyes out. Just looked. And I thought, God, you know, he's headed for a breakdown. Hey, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. Um, <laughs> AA, is that Alcoholics Anonymous or the Automobile Association? The, the latter, yes. Right, shall we hit some ICN news? Go on, it's going to be just good news all the way through, isn't it? Of course. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news then. As if the results and injury crisis wasn't bad enough already, it does get worse, I'm afraid. The Romeo injury, ankle surgery, out for the season, Kev. Yes, that is terrible news. And Leeds' groundsmen have got a lot to fucking answer to. That was fucking shocking, wasn't it, that pitch? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, we got Minamino out for that game as well. It's just shit's hitting the fan with it all. I mean, when's it going to end? Our midfield at the moment is... Well, it's, it's non-existent, isn't it? I don't know what we're going to do Monday I don't, night. That's generally the area of the pitch that we've got the most backup in, and we're, we're looking thin even there. Yeah, I think Jankovic is going to have to. It's going to have to start, and if he can stay on the field, yes, <laughs> you know he might he might be all right, but we we just don't know. Oh, Saints Mike on Twitter said the thing about Jankovic is he's good one minute and gone the next. <laughs> Alex McCarthy, Kev, is in talks over a new deal. Um, and while we're on that subject, actually, he's coming under a lot of criticism lately. And I guess yeah. it's because, you know, we've been shipping a lot of goals. And, you know, when Forster's been in, we've been winning and we've been keeping clean sheets. So, I mean, I just want to put it out to you that I'm still behind Maka. And I don't think our loss to Lees is his fault. But, but you know, where do you stand on the subject? Um, I would agree with that. I think he had some very good moments in that Leeds game. But when yeah, it mattered, yeah, yeah. you think that he should have done better. Yeah. Um, maybe he would have done better. If, uh, do you think, yeah, but do you think Forster would have done better? Well, we don't know the answer to these questions, do we? Because um, he generally is rolled out for the cup games where we're up against weakened opposition. Or when he does... Well, the, he was there for the Liverpool game as well, and Liverpool mm-hmm. didn't really trouble him at all. So he hasn't been properly tested, I would say. Um, I'd love to see how... He, he would work out, but yeah, if that means dropping McCarthy, I, I think it's really unfair. Um, there's only so many goalkeepers' careers that you can ruin in a certain amount of time. And it's already happened to Forster once. Uh, it's exactly. It's happened to Gunn. I mean, I, I think it's all, all very well. When things are going well for us, people are always, you know, right on him. It just goes to show how fickle people can be. You know, as soon as things start going wrong, they look for a scapegoat. And I think at the moment it's it's Mako and Ralph. You know he's he's getting it at the moment from certain fans saying that he needs to go. And actually, while we're on that, I mean, if there's anybody out there that thinks Ralph should go, 
get in contact. Send me an email. Send Kevin an email. Get in contact with us. Tell us why you think he should be gone. And then let us know who you think should take his place. And then I can tell you why you're wrong. Uh, yeah, and uh, why Frank Lampard should be nowhere near St Mary's. Yes, oh God. <laughs> can't believe that's one of the names people put forward. Um, Goodness. But no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm quite open to, you know, arguments like that. I, I genuinely would like to like to hear. Uh, no, that's, that, yeah, all jokes aside, please, yeah, I, I want to I hear what you think, you know, with the McCarthy situation and... You know, with the Ralph situation. Because, I mean, there has to come a point, doesn't there? Um, and I think I'm, you know, sh- short of us getting relegated, there's not much um, Ralph could, could do, I think, to um, warrant me saying, yeah, I think it's time. Yeah, I mean, he's he's doing the best with the situation that we're in. And I don't think there's anybody out there right now that can do anything better. I, I wouldn't say he's maybe doing his best, but, um, yeah... He's maybe not doing worse than a lot of other. No, I'm managers. saying he's he's doing his best in terms of the squad that that he's got to use and the money that he's got to spend. There's not really much more he can do. There still are a lot of questions that you'd love to put to Ralph. For example, why don't doubt our backup fullback options? Mm. And that's not something we're supposed to do. That's that that's the one thing. I mean, I said it at the time, at the end of the transfer window. That's the one thing that I am unsure. Everyone was excited about Minamino coming in. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing to do with Minamino. But where are the fullbacks? He said he tried, but I mean, why then? Why let Vokins and Valerie go? This is it. This is the thing that that gets me. While we're on goalkeepers, Angus Gunn uh, is joining Stoke on loan for the remainder of next season as well. This is, I mean, this just proves that you know the keepers that we've got now are going to be carrying on next season also. Yes. Or not necessarily, because he does let players go that we need. So. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be surprised if we sent out Forster and McCarthy online and um, we're left with Harry Lewis. And well, his contract's up as well. Harry Lewis? Yeah, contract's up mm. at the end of the season, so I don't know what's going to happen there. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think with, with Macca, the back contract renewal, this is probably, for, on a business perspective, it's quite a good time to get a... a um, a new deal for Maka because you know he's not exactly advertising himself perfectly well playing in a in a team that's shipping goals left, right, and centre. But yeah, Angus Gunn he was out with an ankle injury at the end of last year. Played the last six matches and uh, kept a couple of clean sheets as well. So yeah, maybe maybe he's going to be doing a job there. But sell him. They want him. Sell him. Yeah, cash in. There is good news, Kev. Uh, Saints B. Beat Derby, one now. Hey. Yeah, uh, Kazim Alegbi with the only goal, um, and it's it's only, it's only their fourth win of the season. And they remain twelfth place out of thirteen. Oh, Jesus Christ! And they are one point off of Leicester to get out of that relegation zone. So oh, yeah, there is relegation in. Premier yeah, League. yeah, there's the relegation in uh, in Premier League too, so the second division. Yeah. Oh, okay. How many teams go down? Uh, two. Okay. Yeah. Saints are second bottom. Player and goal of the month for uh, February, even though we're still in February. Yeah, I mean this is probably going to come out um, in March anyway. So, uh, what do you want to start with? Uh, player. We'll start with player because it's probably the uh, obvious, most obvious. Okay. Uh, we had a choice of uh, James Ward-Prowse, Danny Ings, Stuart Armstrong, and Kumi Minamino, and uh, just as we should have predicted. Uh, Stuart Armstrong runs away with it 57%. Good. Bad. And to think that 
Our talisman, who did score two goals in February, uh, got 1% of that vote. Oh, wow. 1%. That's got to be his lowest, doesn't it? So normally, we, when we put him in the poll, he streaks it. But um, I just want to say as well to the people that have uh, criticised this on... I don't know if it was on Twitter or on Instagram. I can't remember. But someone said that there's no way Ing should be in this. Um, just to back up why he's in this. So we select these players based on our man of the matches. And we put Ings in there because he scored two goals. And there was nobody else that really stood out that month. Everyone was, was poor, you know, apart from, as I say, Armstrong. But yeah, that's, that's I mean, there's in. a few good individual performances um, like Gineppo and uh, Romain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Romeo's just come back from in- injury. Gineppo was um, shite yeah. before that. So. Hardly played. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Gineppo was crap in the United game. You have oh, to have yeah. a sustained month to be nominated, and that is, that's why Ings was in there. But, yeah, that, that's, that's the reasoning. We didn't, want, we didn't want to do it, but we have to. Another, that must have been on Instagram, because the only thing that someone said here... Um, Vieber on, on, on Twitter is, uh, do you want to guess who he's put forward that should be on the list? Kyle Walker-Peters, maybe? No? No, he's been out. He hasn't played a lot, has he? Gineppo, Romeo, Ings, Armstrong, Ward, Proud. Adams, Jay Adams. No, Fraser Forster. Fraser Forster? He only played a couple. What, one? Yeah, he played yeah, that cup match against Wolves, I was there. <laughs> he, kept a, he kept a clean sheet, but you know. You're right. He's the only one with the 100% uh, win record as well, probably. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one game's not enough. We can't play them. Uh, anyway, goals. Yes, goal of the month. It was between uh, Minamino's uh, goal against Newcastle, uh, Ward Prowse's free kick against Newcastle. Uh, Ings' goal against Wolves and Minamino's against Chelsea. Uh, this was a little bit closer, but uh, Ward Browse did take 46% of the vote. Oh, okay. Um, how did Ings get on with the Wolves, Ollie? 20%. Uh, Minamino's got nine uh, against Newcastle and 25 against Chelsea. That was a good goal. Hey? Hang on. The Minamino goal against Chelsea got more than the Ings against Wolves? Yep. What's wrong with that? Twitter has spoken. That's not right. You're wrong, people. <laughs> This is Klaus Lundekram, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, so Leeds then, Kevin. Uh, (laughs) Once again, another game, another loss. It's becoming very, very difficult now. It just seems to be getting worse, as we've said before. It's you know, it's just hard to believe that before Christmas, we you know, we were a really, really tough team to play against. You know, we top top of the table at one point, weren't we, at the end of November, and we picking up points nearly every week and now we're the worst team in the league in, in terms of form uh yeah it's just i, I trying to put my finger on it. It, it it can't just be the injuries it's got to be a lot of factors that are going into it apart from mike dean as well uh and going into this game on on tuesday night both teams were struggling for form actually Le- leeds losing their last two us of course we were losing our last six on the spin before that good point against chelsea and as I said, both teams in bad form. It's not as if you know we could go on any previous meetings. They, you know, they're not going to hold the key as to the result on this one because we haven't played them since October 2012 in the League Cup. Um, and Leeds actually won that one 3-0 too. Uh, but in the league, we won three on the spin against them. 
Um, the most recent was March 2012. Uh, and Kev, we usually do really well against newly promoted sides. We've won nine of the last ten. The only exception was that goalless draw with Fulham. Um, yeah, but not anymore. More records, more shocking second-half performances, and more losing. It doesn't get any easier. 3-0 loss. Bamford, Dallas and Rafina with the goals all in the second half. Um, that 11 then, Kev. Uh, McCarthy, Bednarek, Vestergaard, Salisu, Bertrand, Armstrong, Romeu, Ward-Prowse, Teller, Adams, Redmond with a bench of Forster, Ramsey, Stevens and Lindelou, Ings, Gineppo, Jankovic, Minamino and Chalke. Firstly, Kev, Gineppo left out after that brilliant game against Chelsea. Minamino also on the bench, but perhaps the most shocking, Danny Ings misses out. Were you surprised with these changes, considering you know how how well that free at the back looked against Chelsea? Yes, yes, I was, and uh, I could tell you someone who wasn't surprised, and that's Tim. He called it, didn't he? He said that Teller was going to start. Um, I'm sure we'll hear from him. I was kind of thinking, well, who for? It's it's, it's a very weird one. I mean, you can understand uh, resting a couple of players, but I mean, this is a key match. You you know you want to win this one, and. Uh, Gineppo, yeah, he's made of glass, isn't he? You want to kind of protect him, and we've got other options there on the wings. But to rest Minamino as well, who's been outstanding at points. I mean, he was, wasn't was marvellous against Chelsea, but he's definitely got something in there. Um, and, yeah, Ings, on the bench, he hasn't been on a brilliant run of form. But then neither has Adams, really. Redmond hasn't been scoring either. Where is the goal threat coming from? Not entirely sure, but Teller did look good. Um, first half, yeah. From in that first half, yeah, he was fantastic. And so, uh, yeah, putting Brad Marek at right back, it kind of worked as an option. I mean, what, what are your other choices? Oh. Jack fucking Stevens, uh, Prousey there, and then well, Jankovic in the midfield. The, the choices know. were the same that we did at Chelsea. That was your choice. It worked. Yeah. You changed it. And I mean, just just playing devil's advocate a little bit, Kev, because I, I understand that Ralph is having a torrid time at the moment trying to manage the players. Um, and it's a it's a small squad. There are lots of games to manage as well. Danny needs the rest. You need to rotate as and when you can. And obviously, Ralph felt that it was the right time to rest him and give Shea another go again. Was it a risk? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it, it is. Was. But then, yeah. But you know, we've got Armstrong coming back in. There's no reason that we shouldn't be beating Leeds with that eleven. Uh, you know, if you uh, can man- if you can manage a draw with Chelsea with those group of players, then we can do this here. And it's not, like you said, it's not as if Ings has been firing them in lately. So was it that much of a risk? And the players that he um, did make the change, like Teller, uh, he played well. Yeah, I mean, we'd be calling it genius if it worked out. But um, luck's definitely not on our side. And we've been riding it a lot. And this is a big, big wager. But, you know, by the time we did get Gineppo Minamino and Ings on, it was really too late by then. So it totally, totally backfired. Yeah, I mean... He made the decision and he's got to take responsibility for it. What's the problem with not being able to keep control? Because that's it, isn't it? I mean, why why does it keep turning so dramatically? Okay, I mean, we never had the lead this time, but at nil-nil at half-time and not looking like losing, really, at that point. I don't have the answers, right? I wish I did. The first half should have taken the chances, should have done it. Vestergaard had that header that he probably should have done better with and that was probably the first big talking point wasn't it that was a, a great chance yeah another Prousey free kick Yannick getting on the end of it 
but he heads just wide, and he was just as frustrated as I was with it. I, mean, I don't know if yeah. he was. <laughs> no, he, he looked he looked pretty pissed off. The other decision that I want to discuss with you is that um, Teller goes down in the box, uh, penalty, overturned by VAR. Correct decision? Yeah, it's it, he he was great in that first half. I mean, before that, he had um, a couple of good chances that he managed to just throw straight at the keeper pretty much and maybe it was a bit of desperation here but I mean great work to get into space there on the left so he just sprints right in weaves into the area and clashes with Lorente and um, yeah Peter Andre Mariner he points to the spot straight away um, and to be honest I thought it was a penalty when I saw it but then it goes to VAR and yeah, Peter Andre, he, he goes to the monitor to have a look at it. And yeah, as we see it, it looks a bit like that Bednarek clash with Martial against United. Lorente, he's kind of pulling out of the challenge. He does move his leg away. Teller gets a knee caught in there. And yeah, he falls down quite easily. No penalty, but no booking either. I don't understand this. I mean, obviously, I'm glad that he didn't get booked, but. It's one yeah. or the other, isn't it? Was he diving? Yes. Yeah, he did go down quite quickly. Yes, he was diving. Yes, he, that was that was cheating. I mean, I, I, I like you, Kev. When I first saw it, I thought, that's a penalty. But this is just me. I just want to take everything that we can right now. And then I watched one replay. That is it. Just one replay and thought, oh, shit, now he's dived. He's kind of moved his leg into Llorente and then mm. gone down. And then I thought, okay, well, why are they taking so long to make that decision? How many bloody angles do they need to see of that? Yeah, I mean, you just you just need the other angle because we're watching it from in front of the goal, and when you get the angle behind it, it's quite clear. Yeah, um, and yeah, and like you said, he should have been booked because I think that that was cheating. Uh, what one good thing did happen though in that first half? You know what I'm talking about, don't you? That oh, Romeo, Romeo time. time. Yeah. What what a tackle! He, he Rafina looked gone. He yes made up so much ground. And I think Rafinha was thinking, you know, he's not catching me. But yeah, what a wonderful time tackle and got the ball. It was just, yeah, class. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Dallas, isn't it? He, he makes that um, great ball through to Rafinha. I mean, he's behind the halfway line and making a run for the ball. He gets it and that leaves him one-on-one with Maka. I mean, he he's already in the box and I'm thinking, okay, you know, is he going to shoot? And he just takes a little bit of time. Yeah, he does, yeah. For, for Romero to, to come charging in. And when I watched this back, I, I paused the highlights and um, Romero and Rafinha, they're almost level with each other. And Romero instantly sees what's going to happen. And the, the little freeze frame, got, he looks like a fucking bull charging. <laughs> he, he knows exactly what he's doing. And yeah, you think when he's charging across there, he's not going to make it in time. But yeah, Rafinha... Just gives him that little second to come in from behind and hook it out with his uh, with his left foot. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was very good. And you get the impression, because that was nil-nil at the time, that um, if he hadn't have timed that, wow, that would have been a red card and Romeo would have taken that. Penalty. He yeah. was going straight for that. He didn't care. He just wanted to do his bit for the team there. And it worked brilliantly. Yeah, well done. Fucking hero, yeah. And then right at the end of that first half, Kev. <laughs> this is a weird one, isn't it? The free kick. The goal. Chalked off because Peter Andre Mariner 
the whistle. I mean, we were going to call this episode the whistleblower, weren't we? Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how how did you see, see this one unfold? What 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 what's your stance on this? Um, well, yeah, Armstrong wins a free kick there, and it's quite just maybe too far out for Prouty to take it directly on. But I mean, I wouldn't put anything past him these days. But um, yeah, he does. He takes it quickly, and Jay Adams converts. But then Peter Marin is there blowing blowing his whistle and saying, "No, I didn't blow," and you've got to wait for it. But uh, it kind of reminded me of that goal against United that we were so praised for, you know, um, taking the free kick quickly and taking advantage of it. My, my question to you is, does the referee actually have to blow the whistle well, before the free kick's taken? Is that a rule? Well, sometimes, right, I've seen this happen before. I remember I remember watching a, a Man United-Chelsea game, I think it was, and it was the, when they were, you know, both going for the league, when they were both good and relevant. Uh, Ryan Giggs goes over to the ref when it's a corner, and he says, can I take it quickly? And the ref says, yes. And then he walks away. And what they did was they rolled it out of the uh, the quadrant in the corner flag. Um, and Chelsea obviously thought that the, the you know the ball hadn't gone in, so the, the the it wasn't a live ball. When in fact it was, mm. and they played it short. One of the United players dribbled it into the box, put the cross in, and they scored from it. And they called it off because Chelsea said they weren't ready, even though Gig said to the ref, "Can I take it quickly?" So I think if Ward Prowse had said to Peter Andre Mariner, can I take this one? And if he had said no, wait for the whistle then, then that's fine. I think it's just referee discretion. I don't think, I mean, I've listened for the for the whistle. He's not even looking at Ward Prowse. He's looking at the wall. Mm. And he, just as Ward Prowse takes it, he blows his whistle. So he doesn't even know that Ward Prowse has taken it. So I, I, I do kind of get why he said that. But couldn't you just let it go? Come on. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, this is one of those things that luck is going against us. It would have been lucky for for that to have been given. We're not getting those decisions. Um, but yeah, you know, the number of times I listen to him, the, the best I can say is it's simultaneous. Um, I don't think his, it is. His boot hits it just as he's blowing the whistle. But obviously, he's you know stepped to take the run up before he's blown the whistle. If that's relevant, then then yeah. I suppose so. After this decision has gone, after it's gone against us, we're on, we're in control of the game. Obviously, it's halftime at this point. It's nil nil. So many times you can blame that decision. Get out there in the second half and put the ball in the net. Go out there and do your job. They didn't do that, and there are fans that are still going on about that decision now. They still had forty five minutes to put it right, and the fact yeah. Leeds did. Leeds put it in the, in the in the net three times, and we didn't. Just need to um, stop. Just stop moaning. Stop blaming things on 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 officials and just just fucking put the ball in the net. Just just go and do it. Get it in the fucking goal. Yeah. How long have we been talking about this first half? And there were no goals scored. We had chance after chance. That Vestergaard header. Um, Teller had a chance that he threw straight at the keeper. Um, then Bertrand had a chance that he handballed as well. Um, we had a shot for the penalty that went against us, but um, yeah, that was that was a a weak one, and then then this. And Romeo makes a world of a tackle. You know, we, we're in it. We More have the chances. It, yeah. yeah, but we just haven't taken them. I'm just wondering, if Ings had been out there for the first 45 minutes, would he have wrapped this up by half-time? When would he have wrapped it up? What position would he have been in to wrap it up? 
I don't know, but I mean, he he could have been on the end of, of one of those chances that we've created and put it in the back. <laughs> yeah, he would have made that teller dive look like a penalty. Yeah, I mean, he's got the experience, you know. <laughs> there is something in that, I suppose. <laughs> experienced diver, yeah. Um, it didn't take long, did it, in the second half for the for the breakthrough? Uh, like a, it was a through ball that split us open, and Bamford slotted it away. Punch in the gut that was, because I don't think we deserve to be going down. And it was at that point I thought there's no way the Saints are going to get two goals and win this game. So I think the best we can hope for is a draw at this point. Um, Vestergaard probably could have done better there. I mean, I was still optimistic at this point. I was still optimistic too. It's not done, you know. It's something. No, it's not. But I can't see Saints scoring two goals. Just can't see it. Yeah, I'm I'm in that mindset of a supporter. I don't have to go out there and play 90 minutes every week. And the, the players obviously just have lost that confidence. Yeah. It was silly. That that goal shouldn't have happened. Um, Tyler Roberts just completely opened up our defence like a can of fucking beans. Um, straight from the halfway line. I mean, it's like the way we undid Chelsea with that only chance of the first half. Painful. It's painful. I mean, a bit American... Vestergaard, they give Bamford the time to pick his corner and just roll it in. McCarthy should do better as well. McCarthy should have done better than that, yeah. I mean, from then on, Kev, we just made it look easy for him. It was all counter-attacking and Rafinha just exploiting... Well, I say Rafinha, it was was Bielsa exploiting our lack of right-back because they switched him, didn't they? They switched him round to the left. You know, it's, it's an obvious one. You've got... Bednarik playing right back, he was going to struggle against you, and he and he did. All game he was struggling, and then, yeah, Stuart Dallas, all the time in the world to double the lead. They should have closed him down quicker as well, and the fact that they didn't spot the danger, it was right in the middle of the fucking pitch as well, and it was too late. It was yeah. Too now, game over. Yeah, I mean we we clearly tired by that point, and it just takes a a, a counter attack to undo us, and. Yeah, once that second one goes in, I mean, we're, we're, we're fucked. Completely fucked. I mean, props to Leeds. I mean, they were still pushing, um, even when they were 2-0 up. They, they didn't want to give up. Pressing, yeah. High press right the way. And, yeah. and then the third, I'd just seen enough. I thought, yeah, it's a good goal. But, um, but that, that goal, I couldn't believe that um, he stepped up to take it because we didn't look ready. That, that ball was shite. I mean, I think Trump's built a better wall than that one. <laughs> I don't know what McCarthy's thinking. Um, th- there was nothing to it. Do you know what? Uh, to, be, to be honest, Kev, I think I've only ever seen it once, and that was live, and I just could not bring myself to watch it again. Cause I, just, I couldn't believe it, because... Maybe I should. Even, yeah, they didn't even want to try. And you think McCarthy's got to command this goal, and say, look, no, you need another another man here, and move it to one side, I'll cover this, you know. I don't and I don't feel we deserve to lose that game 3-0. No. Especially looking at that first half. But Leeds deserved to win it 3-0. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, not, nor did we deserve anything out of it. I'm not saying that we did. But it's just the lack of effort in the second half is becoming so difficult to watch. It's depressing, Kev. It's really depressing. Yeah. I mean, we've got the sort of reverse reputation the Wolves have. We're just not a second-half team, are we? No, de- definitely not. I need to sort that out. I need to sort it out fast because, as I say, we got to go to Goodison Park on Monday night and, oh, goodness me. Um, thoughts on Mecca, Kev? Because, I mean, he made some good saves. One with his feet. 
Um, it's, you know, they're reactionary save. But all three probably could have done better with the goals. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that Bamford one, it was, wasn't was a screamer, was it? It was a slow, just sort of rolling ball. I mean, I don't know whether he thought that Bednarik and Vestergaard had it covered to take him unawares. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've criticised that free kick and and the wall and McCarthy. He does get a hand to us. He's going the right direction, but not enough. And yeah, the second goal. That's probably nothing you could have done about that one. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best one of the lot, really. I mean, okay, yeah, Rafinha's free kick, wonderful gun. Yeah. Yeah, and once again, when we saw a decent amount of the ball and a 53%. We had 13 shots, five on target. We had more shots uh, than them, and yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's just that they were fucking tame. Yeah, it's just it's just not enough, just not doing enough, and we just haven't. I don't know. It's as I said, it's depressing. It's it's, it's not looking any easier with the games coming up. It's. I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about getting relegated. Everyone says, oh, we're going to, you know, are you, are you worried about it? No, I'm not worried. I just, I just don't want to see us fucking lose every week. That's what's messing well, me off. I just, yeah, those games coming up, I mean, you could easily see us losing both of them. And then I think we will be drawn into that relegation conversation the same way that Newcastle and Brighton and Burnley are still in that. Unless we can get a couple of wins in this month. How has it come to this? Yeah, we're, we're going to be in that conversation, aren't we? How, how, how has it come to this? It's just... Oh, God. Uh, man of the match, Kevin. Um, whilst Teller was excellent in the first half, um, I think he acquitted himself well. He was pacey. He was dangerous. Created a few good chances, but he didn't take them well. Uh, I think that you'd have to be clinically insane to give it to anyone else but Oreo Romeo. He was just sublime. And the moment he came off, it all went to shit. Just completely. Like they, they that bodes well for the rest of the season then, doesn't it? Ripped through our midfield and defence at a shot. I mean, I think he, he clearly was the, the man holding it all together. And even if he'd had a shocker just for that tackle alone, he has to get man the match for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got him too. Obviously, just a controlled usual self, really. And that injury, as I say, he controlled things. And as soon as he went off, what is that going to? What are we going to do for the rest of the season if we haven't got that? And just say that save and tackle was incredible and determination. That's it. He just seemed to be the only one that was willing to to fight. Now, if we could only translate that into the attacking side of it, then we wouldn't be in this mess. But yeah, Romeo for me. I think he, he quite possibly could have could have kept it, kept us in, in it uh, had he stayed on. But yeah, he was a victim to that Play-Doh surface that they had there. And I don't know what the they were. I mean, we haven't really talked much about it, but they, the players were sliding absolutely everywhere. The amount of times the ball was lost just because you know played put a foot wrong and end up on his ass. Yeah, the other pitch was um they they they, uh, they renewed it, didn't they? In this, I say off season, they didn't really have a lot of time, so it's just um, it's cutting We've up. Top all in. Yeah, yeah, it's cutting up all over the place now. It's going to cause more injuries, isn't it? It's it's going to happen. Um, but I mean, we go to to Everton next, and we, we'll get the thoughts of Tim. But I've been doing some research lately, Kevin. Um, our record at Goodison Park. 
brilliant, um, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, so in the Premier League, in the Premier League history, at Goodison Park, so since 1992, we've had a possible 63 points at Goodison Park. How many have we taken? Ten. Nine. Okay. That's and, quite good. And that's only one win, by the way. Oh, God, when was that? 1997, November 1997, a 2-0 win. We were just starting secondary school, Kevin. That's how long ago it was. Byron. So, Goodison Park, Kev, on Monday night. (laughs) (laughs) Are you up for it? (laughs) Yeah, man, I can't wait for another um, late night. What time is this fixture? Uh, Yeah, that's Monday the 1st, 8pm. 8pm my time. So that'll be 11 o'clock your time. Lovely. Great. What a way to ruin my entire week. Okay, now we'd like to bring in Tim this week. Tim, how are you feeling? Uh, Not too bad. Uh, Not too bad. Things have been progressing well here. Things have been pretty slow and just life is uh, life is good. But I mean, you can't be happy with Monday night. I feel like shit because of the results. So and, you know, more shocking news this week with the injury curse. And Minamino is going to miss that trip to Goodison. And the news of Romeo's ankle fracture, which um, he's going to miss the rest of the season for. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, he is out. And you can RIP him and go from there. But honestly, that Leeds pitch was the was at fault. And that was the worst part of the game. Uh, yeah. Tied for worst part of the game with the score 3-0. Injury report. Where do we stand? KWP and... Diallo are back in practice, meaning that they're ready to go for Sheffield United or potentially could yep. be available for Sheffield United. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be mm-hmm. going back to training in the week, aren't they? And then, yeah, they could be in contention for that Sheffield United trip, which, wow, that's that's a boost that we need. Yeah, they were pictured for they were pictured out in out practicing now, but they won't be up for full fitness. And then Romeo obviously out for the year, fractured ankle, and uh, Minamino with a muscle injury that will leave him out at least for just this one game, and we'll be back. Uh, hopefully for Sheffield United, if not the game after. With uh, Everton coming on Monday and no Romeo, we are going to need those midfielders, especially in the centre. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's a matter of what do we do? What do we do at this point? Because, you know, Ralph has been very aggressive in talking and saying that he is not a fan of the squad depth and we are reeling from it now. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of different things that have come about. I think there's a little bit more injuries than you would normally have. You would, you would have injuries, but this is more than, more than that. And we are, you know, like I said, bare, bare or completely thin at, our depth. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be Ralph in this situation. It's, it's going to be tricky. Um, and speaking of that, uh, we will go to Goodison Park. Goodison Park. Okay, then, Tim. We have two away games next week, starting on Monday the 1st at Goodison Park and then Saturday the 6th at Bramall Lane. But we'll start at Everton. As I said, Monday the 1st, 8pm kickoff, live on Sky Sports. Tim, what are your thoughts on Everton? Everton currently right now is sitting in 7th place with 40 points. Uh, that magical 40 number, that means they are above 
uh, relegation or can be considered or seen that they'll be fine from relegation. Obviously that's, uh, that's okay. Uh, it's well early in the season for them and they are one of the few teams that have never been relegated. So. Uh, props to them. Uh, last five games in the, in reverse order, win, loss, loss, draw, win. Uh, their oh, home that last form, one was, was, was Liverpool as well, wasn't it? Anfield. Yes, it was. Uh, Liverpool at Anfield. But then they've also lost to Fulham in the last five games too. Away. That's a strange so, one. Yeah, so you've got a little bit of everything. They're hot and cold, and uh, I think I've said it before, but we'll say it again. Those are the games that you expect to win. And if you're going to set yourself by going into European level or European standards, uh, you got to be expecting that you're going to win those games. And you can't falter here and there, especially you can't lose. Uh, their home form is equal to their away form, so nothing spectacular uh, or over that sets themselves apart with home or away form. In fact, this year, home and away form uh, is much less of a consideration uh, when it comes to points. So that could be a later discussion to talk about. Uh, last meeting between us, we last year when we were away, we tied them 1-1. And this year, we beat them 2-0 at home. Yeah, that was uh, quite comfortable as well, I remember, wasn't it? it was, yeah. We were, we were flying high, and we were all pretty confident going into that, uh, that, uh, that home game. Yeah. I felt like it was, the, like I said, it was the most comfortable win outside of the Sheffield United game that we've had. Yeah. It just, it just looked good and we were playing and that's when we really felt that something was up because we know that Everton was, they were flying high too at the beginning. Oh, they, yeah, were in they were first, top of the league. They come out the traps yeah. and they were flying. Yeah. Yeah. And then they come to us and all of a sudden, bam, they get, they get knocked in the teeth. Goals, Calvert Lewin, DCL has 13 goals and, and Digne has six assists on the season. Um, wow. That's pretty so, good. Their their watchman is always going to be James. I mean, he he doesn't like to backtrack a lot, but in the system that Ancelotti has developed, it's fantastic for him to be able to roam and find that space. And he's always a threat whenever he gets gets the ball. Uh, it's a little scary, but DCL at the top. He didn't start against uh, he did not start against Liverpool in the last game, so we'll see if he does end up starting this game. Uh, nonetheless, he's been great. Uh, on the season, he's been a classic poacher, and Digne is spraying balls all over the field. He just signed a new five-year contract, so congrats to him. He is their, I feel that he, he is their best player on the team. Uh, so between that and Hamas, you gotta watch out for them. They've lined up in a number of different types of positions, but recently because DCL's been out, they've lined up in what would be considered more of a um, it, it, it appears more defensive, so they've bounced between the four-two-three-one, the four-three-three, and the four-four-one-one. Um, if if DCL is not starting again, which I'm gonna guess that he is, if you played t- 30 minutes against Liverpool and he has a full week of prep, he'll probably get the start. So at that point, they'll roll sometime, th- something like a four-three-three. With my estimate being Pickford, and then either Godfrey or Holgate on the uh, for right back, uh, Ke- uh, Michael Keane, Yeri Mina, uh, and Luca Dean on the, for the for their back line. Their th- three in the middle will be a combination of either. I'm gonna guess it's gonna be Decore. Alon's gonna been been out for a long time too, so I think he's gonna be brought back in. And then probably either, I think Sigurdsson has been doing enough recently to get him warranted over, uh, Gomez, but they always have, 
uh, Davies on the bench and they have, uh, Gomez on the bench there. Uh, continuing on, we've got James, Richarlison, and DCL, uh, for the front three wingers. Um, they'll look to, they'll look to Bernard coming in for in the 60th or 70th minute. And James will look pissed after he's been rolled around <laughs> on, the, on the, as he gets taken off and his entire, his entire kit is full of grass as he's been rolling around crying like a little bitch that he can be. <laughs> And can be usually is, um, so there's that. So yeah, so DCL and Elon have been their main injuries that they've had recently, and our lineup was I don't know what to expect. I think we're gonna we're gonna go exactly with what we had before. Um, just recently, what, the, Ch- the Chelsea game or the Leeds game? It'll be the uh, the Chelsea game. Uh, Minamino won't be able to start though, so you'll have so Gineppa will be on the right and Armstrong will be on the left. And then uh, you'll have Redmond or Adams up top with, alongside Ings. And I think Jankowicz is going to start. He's going to have um, to, really, isn't he? Who's playing I, right I, back? I, really do. I, want, I want him to come back, and I want him to have the, the best redemption story. So yeah. for us, for us though, they'll throw Salisu, Vestergaard, and Bednarik in. And Bednarik will swing out to right back, but not be as progressive as he was in the Leeds game. And he'll, sit back, <laughs> and he'll sit back more like he did in the Ever, in the, um, in Chelsea. the Chelsea game. Congrats to them for their new stadium. If you haven't taken a look at it, there, it's mm. going to be right on their, their docks. Uh, it's gorgeous, uh, seeing and realizing the value of new stadiums. While Goodison Park, uh, I've heard nothing but, I guess rhetorical things of like how, Oh, it's a great stadium. And it's like, Oh, this like, it's quintessential old school stadium, but it's mm. also, it's also crap too. Like the sight lines are not the best and it's really small for them. So we'll see. Uh, I want to see them get their new stadium and I think that'll help their, uh, help them out nonetheless. And I think it'll help out the premier league as a whole. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, predictions, Tim, uh, two, one Everton win for me. I've got exactly the same. Well, yeah, as I say, me and Kev have had a discussion, uh, and Kev is going for a two, no, sorry, a three-one Everton win. Okay. Um, and Gemma is going for a two-nil Everton win. Mm-hmm. Um, Marina is going one-one, and what is Abby going? She's going two-one Everton win as well. Bramall Lane. Okay then, Tim. Sheffield United, Bramall Lane, Saturday the 6th of March, 3pm kickoff, live on Sky. I guess we kind of have to look at this game as a must. I mean, if we don't win this, you know, where are our points coming from? And I think anything less than three points is going to be considered a failure. Couldn't have said it better myself. We need, we need every little bit to get to that 40 and to stave off relegation. Obviously, our Are you worried is- about relegation? Not at the moment, but if we do lose to Sheffield, to both Everton and Sheffield United, I'm going to start wearing just a little bit. Uh, they're last in the table, and they have 11 points. So they've won one of their last five games and lost the rest. Uh, their home form is crap, just like their away form. Uh, the last <laughs> meeting, we beat them 3-0 at home. Yep, I was, I was at that one. That was That's cool. It's got to be a great one to be, to feel like it. And I want to talk a little bit about their formation. We talk about, and everybody knows uh, Chris Wilder and the the three five two and the overlapping center backs. Well, the overlapping center backs are actually a byproduct of their rotations, and because the way that uh, the, they push up 
uh, with their wingbacks. So Edna Stevens and George Baldock on the right, usually, uh, they're the ones who really are pushing, uh, pushing high. And then those midfielders, the two sitting midfielders sink back in heavily more towards, um, uh, more towards the, the positionings where the fullbacks would be. And then it just so happens to be the, the, the outside center backs will rotate around. Um, so last year it was O'Connell and Basham and mm. now you're looking at Ampadu and Basham right now. And Egan is, uh, is kind of the sweeper who will always sit back and he'll get up when it comes to free kicks. But beyond that, Egan's usually always the last man back. Um, so yeah, so they'll play with two DMs and Oliver Norwood and normally Sander Berg would be in there, but Berg's been out for the last three months now. He's end of December. Wow. Yeah, almost three months now and he'll be out through the end of March too. Uh, he's not, he had some kind of, uh, surgery and big loss, big loss out. Yeah. He, he big, literally and figuratively. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he is a monstrosity. Huge man, yeah. He's like 6'5 and he, he's got twinkle toes for such a big man. He, he's a monster, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so nonetheless, so their aggressive wingbacks are something to watch out for, but when it comes to where their major threats are, I don't see any because they try to, they, they bought Rian Brewster off in the, in the off season and, uh, he's got 28 million, million pounds for 33 Hustled. rising <laughs> and absolutely hosed on that. Yes. Sheffield United, get your shit together. Come back. Uh, Come back up, fight really strong if you can. But Brewster, in order to make yourself actually seem like a worthwhile candidate, you're going to have to do something there next year because you're obviously not getting playing time now. Um, and that's despite the fact that the, your, their attacking lineup is Oliver McBurney, Billy Sharp, McGold, and McGoldrick ahead of you alongside Oliver Burke sometimes. Like what, like you're, you're not breaking through that lineup. Like you're, I get it. You're 20, you're 21 years old or something like that, but. Come yeah, on, those guys yeah. gotta be. You should get playing be, over them, yeah. Yeah, I get it. You play. You don't want to over. You know, you get a target man with McBurney or McGoldrick, and then you're the swing guy around, maybe the second striker or whatever it might be, making making do with it. Uh, they'll line up at the three five two as they always do. Uh, we're looking at Alpadu, Egan, and Basham for that back line. Uh, Edna Stevens and Jared Bogle has been coming in on their right yeah. back and playing strong. I think he's been their best player overall so far this year. Um, and he's just come about and by making a name for himself, he's, you know, an uprising player on a shitty team. So that's, that's all right. Uh, Norwood will be in the middle. They've got John Lundstrom and Ben Osborne's also been playing there too. Um, but John Lundstrom has been, uh, he's the guy that they've had the contract dispute with, or he's like, I don't want to, he's, they're kind of, they were sinking him on the bench, but now they have to play him because they don't have any other choice. So, and then I predict it'll be something, something like Oliver McBurney and, uh, Billy Sharp up top. Fleck will come in, uh, we'll have Brewster come in and you'll have, uh, one of either Osborne or Lundstrom if the, whatever one, whatever player doesn't play. Prediction then, score prediction, Tim. Uh, 1-0 win and we better damn win. Oh god, we need it, don't we? 1-0. Okay, you are locked in, Tim. I I am going to go with a 2-1 Saints win. I think it's going to be really, really cagey. I can see it being a, a, like a last-minute winner or something. But, yeah, three points. And Kev is uh, is going for a 2-0 Saints win. 
So we've all gone, all gone different now. 2 1, 2 0, and 1 0. Uh, Gemma is going for 1 1. <laughs> oh, that's not good enough. Uh, Marina is going for a 2 1 Saints victory. Uh, and what is Abby going? She's going 2 1 win. Nice. Excellent, Tim. That was a comprehensive roundup for the next two games. Um, and beyond that, I mean, we've got, we've got Man City coming up after that, haven't we? And Brighton and it's, it's, um, it's a very, very important month. And is it me or is it just this, this, uh, Bournemouth game in the cup just becoming more and more important every day? I think it's more for our confidence and it's determining now the success of our team, uh, because we are literally now at the point where, oh, you're thinking, you know, we could go to Europe, we could do all these. And now we're just like, all right, just don't get relegated. <laughs> and now, but, but we still have the FA Cup. And now if we lose the Bournemouth, we're going to just piss all over everything, you know, cause up a stir, break shit, you know, yell left and right. But, uh, you know, going through all of that, um, it's, we'll just find out. Uh, I really hope that we can get some kind of result at Sheffield United. If we, we can get three points, you know, between Everton and Sheffield. I think that's going to be great. A point wouldn't be, um, too far-fetched against um, Everton. I don't think. No, I, like I said, three points. If we beat Everton and lose to Sheffield United, okay, deal with it. That's fine. I'm okay mm. with that. But what I'm saying is, I want three points between the two of those. Yeah. So sure. I don't want two points. You know, I want no. I want three points between those two games. Absolutely. I want one and a, I want one and a half points <laughs> for the rest of the season per game. Po- points per game. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Okay, right, Tim, thanks very much, mate, and uh, we will right. chat next week. Will do. Take care. Cheers, mate. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Welcome back to Extra Time. I've got Kevin back. Oh. Hello. Oh, you're here. <laughs> uh, let's kick thing. Kick? Let's kick things off. Kick! <laughs> let's kick things off with the predictions, then. Uh, Leeds, oh, I went 1-1, you and Tim went 2-2. Uh, no points, so scores remain the same. 34 to me, 30 to you, 23 to Timothy. So, not good. Uh, Wife Wars, exactly the same. All three failed to pick Leeds as winners, so scores remain the same. Uh, Gemma on 22 and Marina and Abby on 15. Super 6, round 37, was won by Terry Lubbock with 12 points. Uh, overall, we have a tie. Tom Hennigan and Jason Lewis on 297. So that's that's good. Um, fantasy football, Kev. I, I mean, I suppose the only good thing about that Leeds game was the fact that I had Bamford and Dallas in my team, and Bamford was my captain, as did Tim. Uh <laughs> And guess who my captain was? And your captain was Stuart Dallas, wasn't it? Stuart Dallas, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I was but, looking like an idiot. Yeah, I know. I thought that. Um, yeah. Uh, but I scored one more point than you. One more point. Oh, that was it. Yeah. I was, I was having a shocker when we last came back. Um, yeah. And then, and then we, we realised we, uh, we had players that were playing against Saints, so that was it. <laughs> Everything could... Uh, could look up after that. Let's be very close of us too. Yeah, um, still not making a huge difference. I am towards the, um, the bottom of our Pilots League. Before um, you we know, get going, I, you know, yeah. I noticed that Matt Markstone had Bamford, Dallas, and Rafinha in his team. Oh Christ! 
Well done, Matt. I don't know what you're doing this season, but you're absolutely killing it. And he's triple captained Cal Butler in this week. <laughs> They've got Saints all yeah. this. See? This is what I mean. Yeah, Cal Butler was on the bench against Liverpool, though, so uh, I don't know whether he's going to play. It's up in the air, isn't it? But yeah, 86 last week. He's murdering it, isn't he? But, um, yes, uh, if we can talk about other Saints podcasters. Uh, this week's results are not available yet because it's just beginning. However, there is time to uh, give our manager of the month for February and out of the podcast as it goes to Oliver Boast of the Saints Prime broadcast with uh, 339 points and in our league Lucy Heiner and Peter Mushika are tied at the top of the big league with 1,649 points and the winner of February's Manager of the Month is Jessica Morris's FC Balhamas. So there you go. Well done. Very well done. Uh, Congrats. Yes. Uh, Russian phrase this week. Blow the whistle would be Sisti. Sisti. Yeah, like a cup of a char from Switzerland. Swisti. Swisti. Swisti, yeah. Yes. And next week we have... <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> next week we have the joy... <laughs> of discussing our losses to Everton and Sheffield United. Uh, and Tim will be previewing our trips to the Etihad. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, it's always good to be a Saints fan. And our return to St Mary's against Brighton. So, uh, until next week, over to Franny and Klaus. Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Um, just, I want to address you, listener, um, just let us know whether this podcast is improving your week or deteriorating. <laughs> like, like ours, yeah. Like ours, yeah. Leave us a five-star review uh, on wherever you get your podcast and just drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and let us know what you think about Alex McCarthy and Ralph Hasner. Yeah, we'll read it out live, um, if it's got, especially if it's got swearing in it. whistle bitch sports social podcast network step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.